1: that's saying something, but not a whole lot, because I still don't feel great. I'm all blah. I uh, took a big old nap today, so I'm a little hyper, which doesn't really go well for my blah status, but um, I'm still quite blah. And uh, I took Jack, my little dog, to the vet, and we had a... Anxiety field trip because he doesn't appreciate the vet, and so there was that. And um, she's a, she's a nice lady. He just doesn't like her. I don't know what I don't know what he ever did to her, um, but he just does not like her. And there's nothing that. Uh, <laughs> he won't even take a treat from her. She has to put, she has to put a little milk bone down on the table and then he'll he'll sneak up and get it like he's a commando and he looks at her the whole time like she's satan. So, um there's no getting on his good side when it comes to uh the vet. So <clears throat> The chat room's kind of full. That's interesting. I uh, This week in Minionville, we had Lady Holder publish her book, The M- uh, Mating Hunt by Lexi Bain. That is Lady Holder. And it is on my front page. I... Uh, <clears throat> I'm extremely proud of her. It's awesome. It's getting great reviews, and uh, of course it's getting great reviews because it's a great story, and um, she she worked her ass off on it, and it's just great, and the cover's beautiful, and the story's awesome, and it's really sexy, And uh... <laughs> and if anyone asks, we're discussing medieval courting habits, just so you know. If anybody asks, that's what we're doing. That's that's a, that's a story, and we're all sticking to it. All of us together. Anyways, <clears throat> I uh, was reading, and the thing is, is we're getting close to to Nano, and I, and Rough Trade starts, and we're going to have November first as our as our start date. And I'm having a hard time not writing my story, and I know I'm not alone in this because I see a lot of you guys. Um, in, in Facebook on our Rough Trade group, uh talking about your note taking and your <laughs> your plotting and Chris's addiction to one note's getting really out of hand and there's YouTube videos and there's, you know, scene blocking and um just you know, so I understand that, you know, it's it's really difficult not to write when you get excited about something and we've all built these projects and we're ready to go. And um I love OneNote. It's awesome. and There are people in the chat room who aren't hearing me, um, and I can't tell you what to do because you can't hear me. So hopefully you will listen to the people in the chat room who are telling you to refresh, and um, you will be able to hear me in my awesomeness. And um, I'm not uh, talking about anything super um, secret, it's already known we've already been all over Facebook and my site and her site talking about her book we've been on, and you guys are being great. There are reviews on Barnes and Noble. there are reviews on Amazon, and I encourage you to give her reviews. The more reviews she gets, the better her status will be on amazon and that's great, so go do that, be kind. If you don't have anything good to say, say nothing. That's a good rule of thumb when it comes to um other minions. Goodreads too. There um there's an entry on Goodreads. So uh and you know, I saw something on Goodreads that kinda put me off and uh it was uh someone who rated it lower merely because it was short. Here's the thing about writing a short story and and telling a, a a story in a confined space that all of us learned in July. Um it takes more effort and more work to tell a story in twenty thousand words than it does in fifty thousand words. Because story with that kind of word economics is 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 very difficult to do and especially if you want to tell a full story in a small space. And she did that. So it's not fair to give her less of a rating based merely on the fact that you wish it was longer. In fact, that, that's kind of ugly actually. Um I've had it happen to me in the past and it always puts me off the reader. Like I've had people who um who emailed me um, as a professional to let me know that some of the shorter works that I put out um, were great, but they couldn't give me a great review on Amazon because it was too short. And um, professionally, I have no response to that. But right now, anonymously, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. So... Because is it? You know, cause I don't think you really understand the effort that goes into creating a short story or a novella. And it's not... It's so easy. It's so easy to tell a story in 100K if you're a writer. And you just keep going on and on and on and winding things up and subplots and this and subplots and that. But when you can tell a story in... small space and tell a complete story in a small space it is a talent and a gift that um, is kind of rare in uh, the world because you see these authors who think it's perfectly okay to put out a 200k novel professionally and I'm going to go on record and say right now that it's not You know, um, I saw somebody on Facebook, and I don't know – I don't think it was my Kira Facebook. It might have been my other Facebook or one of my other Facebooks. I have several Facebooks, to be perfectly honest. Um, I have two different author ones, a personal one that is only on my family, and for the record, I haven't logged into that one in like a year. Um, And then, of course, Kira. Uh, And I don't don't honestly know where I saw it, but this author was actually – She'd written a. her This fantasy novel was 250K, and she was pissed because um, all the publishers she'd sent it to refused to review it. And she listed all the publishers, and I went and looked at all the publishers, and every single one of the publishers she sent this manuscript to had on their submission guidelines that their maximum word count was 100K. Now, if you can't bother to follow the submissions instructions, you have no room whatsoever to get upset when a publisher or an editor or an agent comes back and says, no, I'm I'm not even going to read this. So you don't send sci-fi to a romance publisher and you don't send romance to a fantasy publisher and you don't send 250 words 250,000 words to a publisher who isn't going to publish anything over 100K. Number one, it's a waste of your time. And number two, it's a waste of theirs. It's arrogant. It is arrogant to assume that the rules that a publisher or an editor or an agent put out are for everyone but you. Terrible. And, um, and you know, I've been in the industry for, for a while, and I've held a variety of jobs in the industry, Um and um, I I know it pretty well. I know how to tailor projects for one publisher or another. I, I know what you can get away with and what you can't. Um, I know which publishers don't publish rape at all, so I can go buy from their site and never have to worry about seeing something I don't want to see. I I know which publishers automatically always warn for dubious consent or forced seduction. So I know what I'm getting into when I buy a book because I know in advance they're going to warn me if there's something in there I don't need to see. I know which ones publish the best gay, which ones publish the best BDSM. I you know, so when you're involved in the industry at um at a level that I am as a writer and as a reader, you you learn a lot about how publishers work and what they expect and when you're in the publishing process it's a it's a very new experience and Lady Holder is on the line and we're going to ask her about her publishing experience. Hello, Hello. Lady Holder. Hello Lexi Bain. If you guys Lexi have not Bain. bought her book, fucking shame on you, go buy her book if you can <laughs> Um, Hey,
2: paydays can't happen when they do. I don't mind.
1: (laughs) So, tell us about your publishing experience. You really didn't talk too much about it, while while you just just that it was happening. So, so now that you're on the other side of it, um, tell us about it.
2: Um, something I want to touch on. I when I decided to submit, one of the things I did was, um. Well, frankly, to be blunt, I asked two is a good one to submit to. Okay? And so I at least got some pointers and didn't spam, you know, umpteen billion people with something that was not kosher. I aimed my my um my effort at, you know, a, a select um target and, you know, hey, it it paid off first time. That was that was a good thing. But what I did was I Went on to the submission guidelines and I very carefully read them from beginning to end several times over the course of me um, putting together the idea, discussing what I wanted, and frankly, you know, um, getting everything ready to be sent off because, you know, uh, for, for the people who read the, um, the story, there's a couple areas in there that are pretty much standard for the the type of story that it is, and I needed to make sure that I wasn't um, tripping over something that was not allowed because the publisher I chose does have a list of things that they do not publish. And so I made very certain that I stayed within those guidelines. I also picked a a word count goal. I knew I had this many words um, to fit within, you know, the the requirements that I was aiming for, and I made it work. Now, in the editing process, the, the word count went up and went down because between my editor and myself, we probably replaced at least a thousand, if not more, words over the course of the three different edits that we had, okay? So it wasn't a you know a a one pass and you're done type thing um but it was it was a very it was a very um in-depth learning experience because what i had to do was unlike everything else where you know it it here is right being able to flow and and, and Pick any word you choose and and explore all of your subplots and have fun. That racks the words up. I had one story I needed to tell. I could touch on a couple of different characters and draw them in because, you know, telling the story about the three people who are the main characters and only those three people, it gets very isolating and very boring. So there are other people in the universe, but it's not... It's not just them, but they're the main focus of this whole thing, okay so they had to be i couldn't I couldn't digress I couldn't go explore all the interesting little you know side notes I left myself now, everybody who's seen the cover sees that it says part one, and that was deliberate because. Um, I got lucky and got told that it was good enough that there could probably be, you know, more than one. And so all those little side notes I left for myself will eventually get explored. You know, so the, the, the characters who, you know, I added in may eventually have their own comments, their own um, their own books. So we'll see. As what was your favorite as, part?
1: Um, of the whole process, yeah. What's your favorite? Part, you know, what was the part that was like, yay? You know, favorite part. Um,
2: the part that that made me sit and and you know, damn near squeal into a pillow because of oh my god, it's real was the day I got the contract. <laughs> that, really, truly, it made it real. You know,
1: I'm and gonna tell you that my favorite part of publication is when I get my cover.
2: That was the second one. That that was very much a you know, oh my goodness now, look at that, it's real. You know. And you but, got
1: lucky. You got lucky on your mm-hmm. first cover. My first cover is really pretty. I wouldn't say it's sexy, but um yours is really
0: hot. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. I I think that part of it is because of what um uh, if I remember right, I tucked a scene in with um with with what the three characters in question we're doing and that's what you know she basically you know picked to to make the cover you know i i'm happy with it um you know i got you freaking better be, because i'm
1: kind of jealous of that cover i mean i don't you can't have it of, i know it's too late you've already got it published on your book <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes and it's even printed and framed it's got to be hung you know <laughs>
1: that's so much fun <laughs> but yeah my my favorite part of publication is the i'm getting the cover as far as um as the rest of it's just work <laughs>
2: yeah
0: well the least favorite it, one is Even the contract is
1: work uh,
0: a that attack. was
2: a, yeah that was a lot of rereading and make sure i do this right and and you know you know i filling it out and and all no the least favorite part of it was the the last day before I hit, you know, or the last hour before we hit submit, combing over the, the the manuscript, and admittedly this is all electronic, so there's no actual combing over, but, you know, going over each and every um, line of it to make sure that it fits the requirements. Okay? Um, I know authors as well who they've got massively huge books, And most of them are sci fi authors. So, for their universes, it fits. Um, I don't think I could, I don't think I'm ever going to get to that particular height of where I have a 250,000 word manuscript and I turn it into my publisher, and my publisher goes, okay, can it be longer? (laughs) You know, it's like, really? And, Yeah, the friend I'm thinking of, he apparently gets longer in the edits. His publisher's well aware of this, and they're fine with it, and he's about ready to flip over 300K. You know, I was like, really? I don't know. You know, I'll see it when it comes out, and I'll probably buy it and read it. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be itchy for a red pen or not.
1: For real, right? I could see myself writing a big giant, th- um, well, obviously, I mean, you guys have seen me write big giant um, sci-fi Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, you know, pardon me for, for holding
2: my I tongue. I can see this myself
1: doing that. <laughs> you can all see me doing that. I'm doing that right now. Yes. Speaking of, I was reading Ties That Bind, um, which I think actually probably doesn't even qualify as science fiction, just, to, you know, despite the setting. Um, and, uh, yeah.
0: Although
1: I desperately want some tolling cream. <laughs> uh you, you know, honestly, yes. That that's I, I think that's one of the best parts of, of ties that bind because I was working on a um a uh I was an idea for um a professional work, um, that I'm going to I'm thinking about publishing under Kira and um it, it it just it crosses my mind that I can't play as hard as I did in Ties That Bind because of the uh-huh. healing time required for a normal person and I thought, Well fuck it, I'll make him a werewolf
0: <laughs> Hey oh, <that's> good <laughs> Just so I could have
1: that healing time that I um that I had um with um Ties That Bind and um it should be interesting, but, uh, yeah, it, I don't know, you know, so, I'm perfectly capable of, of, of writing big giant works of fiction, you guys see it, but what uh-huh. you don't see um, from me um, is that I, one of the reasons why I use fan fiction as a, a as a hobby is because that um, you can be as bloated as you want on fan fiction, no one's going to complain that your story's too long in fandom. Oh, Kira, can you please make this story less than 100k this time? No, I never get that. I never get could this be shorter in fandom?
2: Nope, not a hope.
1: But I get that I used to get that regularly from publishers. Oh, can this be shorter? Because um the first contract I put out I did. Um it was three novels and um my maximum word count was 75,000 words. And I um the the first one was, you know, um 80 and they they let that happen but they weren't happy. Um but that was the first book that they contracted and that, you know, they assumed that they could probably edit out 5K, but then they realized that they really couldn't because, despite the fact that I'd written an 80K novel, it was still there was a lot of word economics in it, and there wasn't anything in it that didn't need to be in it. There was nowhere to cut. Um, so the second one, my my editor calls me and she says, "I've reviewed your outline. It looks great. Um, your maximum word count is seventy five thousand words." <sighs> So I called my agent, Uh and I said, what what does my contract say about my word count? (laughs) She said, Uh said, your maximum word count is 75,000 words. So, cut to the chase. Four months later, I have produced the rough draft, and it is exactly 75,000 words. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Exactly. 75,000 words So I send it to my agent And she calls me And she didn't even read it She just opened it And saw the word count And busted out laughing And she calls me And she's still giggling On the phone she said Really? I was like You don't know how hard that was I had to cut 10K Out of it She said Well send me that 10K you cut Because I want to see Where you cut it So I sent her the original And she read the original And she said You know your original Is actually better I said I know I'd be all assholeish and give me a. It was so you know. So my my third novel, um, uh, my editor, uh, I sent her. <laughs> this is terrible. This is this is so terrible. I should be ashamed of myself. I sent You're her not. the seventy-five k version of the novel. Then I turned around and sent her my ninety k version of that novel. Uh-huh. And I said. um, and she has not talk to me for like three days. And then she calls me, and she said that was an asshole thing to do. That was the first thing out of her mouth. And I said, look, I just wanted to show you that I'm more than capable of meeting your word count limit, but that's a story that I wanted to tell, so I wanted you to see it. And she said, I took it to um, the committee, and we're going to publish the 90K you do realize you care stepped up. You care
2: stepped your way up. You went eighty, eighty-five, ninety.
0: They had a fourth when
2: you'd have been at ninety-five.
1: Well, the thing is, is when it comes to print work, you have to keep in mind that when they budget the production of a book, it is based literally on how many pages the book is going to be.
2: Oh yeah.
1: It's yeah. based on you know the font, the paper. The binding how thick the book is going to be, all that comes into play when it comes to um creating um and and, and putting a book into print production, if it had yeah. just been an e book they wouldn't have given a shit and nope. I think if my second book hadn't done as well um as the first one because I earned my um i earned my uh uh what you call it um Your, advance I earned advanced. my advance out in the first quarter. On both of my books, Good. and so they were like, okay. And the third one actually sold best out of all of them. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, and and it was the longest, and um. So, but you know, the thing is, is like I was talking about workout earlier, is that um, yeah. it's practicing word economics is very difficult for me to do, but I do do it professionally. So that's why I kind of explode all over fandom.
0: This and,
2: really does um, me with you exploding all over fandom. It really doesn't.
1: Lady <laughs> Holder is in her car, right? Yeah, I'm in the You're car, in your car. I was
2: on a real Yeah, so loud she can't actually
1: see anything you guys are doing in the um, chat room. So I just want to let you guys Not know unless that. I hope somebody
2: is nice um, enough, you know, at a computer to actually read it out loud so I can see. The the reason I'm in my car, guys, is nothing bad, but my dad has a pacemaker and he just got his, his um, main battery unit replaced and the surgery had been pushed off uh, for late in the day and so he's in the hospital being monitored at the moment. By the way, he does say hello to everybody because he does know you people exist and um, unlike Azur's mom, we don't actually have to hide the fact that we talk about interesting subjects from him because he's much more likely to chime in to see how many heads explode.
0: We're
1: We're talking about medieval courting rituals.
2: <laughs> yes, we are indeed. Yes, we are. That's our
1: fucking story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> we're sticking to it.
2: Yes. yes.
1: But you know, but now yeah, the thing is, is that you know, it's like, like I told you, like I like I confessed many, many um, radio shows ago that um, that in some ways I regret publishing professionally, and it's not so much because of the experiences that I've had with the people involved. It's just that I think in 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 many ways it kind of this is going to this is going to sound terrible and this is an ugly word to use for it but I, but I don't really know what other word fits in my fits the idea is I think that um learning to write for market castrated me
2: Well I can tell you that the the writing that you did when I first started being beta for your work was a lot more constrained, okay? Um, because you would not have done the the whole the whole Harry Potter thing that you've still got ongoing. That's what 300k in climbing. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Oh yeah. The day you. It's
2: huge. Yeah. The day, Yes. You are very economical with your turns of phrase. And, and such in Lantean legacy, you're much more florid in in the Harry Potter, and it's not just because it's Harry Potter, it's also because there's a, no, a fair amount of time between the two, and you're a lot more relaxed.
1: What I would say about Lantean legacy is that I thought it was longer than it actually is. It's...
2: It sticks out in our memory because that one we went over and over and over. And that's the closest fan fiction one that I can get to the experience of going through an actual proper and and professional edit.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like. we, we worked our asses off on that. Um, the thing is, is it's only 66K. And for some reason in my head, it was like 100. And I was... Um, when I realized it wasn't longer. Like Robin just said, but I thought it was longer than this. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was much longer. It feels even when you're reading it, it feels twice as big as it is. And and well, um that's an there's, accomplishment there's, there's, of word economics when when
0: yes. when you
1: can accomplish that in 66k so so that it feels like you're reading 100, then you've done something really well as a writer. And I think it's probably my tightest fan fiction project.
2: It is. It's. It's. There's some stuff that feels the reading feel of this frankly is like eating angel food cake. It's light, mm. it's fluffy, it's gone. Tastes really good, but there's not much. You know, um, there's not much substance to it. Then there's the right. stuff that feels like that. That you know, really thick, chewy fudge brownie that is so dense, it's almost black you know a black hole of fudginess. And that's honestly what Lampian is for me. Because it's that it's that dense, it's that um, you know compacted in on itself. There's a lot that goes on in that that story, okay? And so, you know, um, it works out and it works incredibly well. All right, so that one that one is honestly that's in a lot of ways what I was trying for with Mating Hunt because I wanted it to be that dense that
1: real
2: um even if i was creating everything myself you know one thing
1: i want to say about mating hunt and that um the thing is is that i saw it in its rough draft i saw it before it was finished um lady holder and i share a folder on google drive so you know (laughs) you know things appear in there and i click on them when you know when 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 she's in around and 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 i look at them um
0: Beautiful sometimes somebody
1: <laughs> sometimes somebody does something um as a writer that you know I I am very familiar with Lady Holder's work I, I, I think uh-huh. we can all agree on that um I'm very familiar with her voice I uh we've been um a beta for each other for 7 years 6 years uh, five or
2: six years, no
1: six. Five or six? <clears throat> Some yeah. in that area. So You can say that I know her as a writer very well. But what I would say is that when I came into Mating Hunt is that she surprised me. Um, Hey,
0: hey, I did good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was like, whoa, (laughs) where did this come from? You've been hiding this under a bushel. I mean, because there was um, every time you write, you get better. That's true for everybody. You learn from doing you learn from editing. You learn from the beta process, if you have a good beta. You know, that's one of the reasons why I encourage people not to take concrete from people they don't actually know or having the experience with, because you can actually get constructive criticism that isn't actually constructive at all. hmm And you can pick up bad habits, and you can learn things that will not serve you as a writer from these people who say, oh, but, well, you know, exactly – for example, that whole feedback that starts with, I wish this was longer.
0: Because all well, that does
1: it. is breed in you the the idea that every idea you have must be treated with 100K. It's, when, it, when it's not no. true, some ideas are better no. served um, in a compact story.
0: The
2: chances of my professional stuff being 100k stories or, or, you know, 50k stories, I might be able to push out a 50k story one day as a professional um, thing, but the chances are much better than that it's going to be, you know, 2025, 20, and you know that's um, that's about as as far as I'm probably going to push it because. Um, you know, there's there are ebooks out there that are the huge ones, but it's it's frankly it's easier to write as 25k, you know, um, and that's that's really weird to say because I have the long stuff, but I've also you know, um, I've also got others that are short, and but so, you learned
1: to restrict yourself. And also you yeah. tell stories in episode format. Uh-huh. Works great. And that makes a difference. It. Yep. Which is probably my fault. I'm a bad influence. But what that does is create in you <laughs> a um a a pattern by which you write. And when you mm-hmm. like the thing is is if if, if if you look at Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond specifically, it is um Told episode format. The longest episode is fourteen thousand six hundred and twenty words. I know that because I actually have the doc, my doc, my document open where I can see all my projects and see how big they are. Um, mm-hmm. Harry Potter and the Soulmate Potter. Bond is not my longest series, but it is three hundred and fifty fifteen thousand words so far.
2: Ah, I was right. It's over three hundred. I'm good.
1: <laughs> right, but my biggest series to date. Is actually ties that bind, and it's it's coming in at three hundred and seventy one um the stargate arc of ties that bind will end up being um around four hundred and twenty I believe so I'm gonna start precariously close to half a million words on one series.
0: <laughs>
2: this does not surprise me. Actually, it wouldn't surprise me at all that if you fell in love with the Criminal Mind group that you trip over the 100 or the 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 um half million word mark and just keep going.
1: Oh, I have five stories plotted for the Criminal Minds arc so far. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: It says something interesting about me that my reaction to this is
1: sure five. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh,
1: <laughs> this is the woman who now see when I sent her the rough draft of Harry Potter and the soulmate bond um, how long was it? A hundred and forty? Yes, something like that. It was a hundred and forty k and I said, I need to work on this a little bit and make it a little you know you know flush it out a little bit <laughs> and this is what she saw after I had taken the original rough draft and rewritten it. Because the original rough draft was ninety two, mm-hmm. so she gets one hundred and forty, and so far her and Chris have betas three hundred and fifteen. Uh huh, thousand words. Didn't
2: I mention? Didn't I mention something about? I, I fully expect this thing to come in at three hundred thousand words.
1: She did early on when I when we first started the beta, and I I told her what I wanted to do with it. She said, um, "There's no way this is going to be under two <laughs> I, I was so I
2: yeah much yeah we're 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 going but we're going to cease two hundred
1: and wave it goodbye <laughs> see you bye bye we had a party there yeah um but the, you know that's the thing about fan fiction is 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 it allows you to um, be uh, it, well it allows me to be ex- expansive and and uh, You took the
2: brakes off, you got rid of all the speed bumps, and you're just playing with all the lovely, lush words.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My total word count right now, by the way, if you're interested in knowing, is No, 2,049,961 words. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And if I ask how many words are actually on your hard drive... And
1: that's not counting unspeakable, which is over 200 right now. Uh Uh-huh. And like
2: I asked, if I ask how many words are on your hard drive?
1: Oh, God, do you really want to know that? Okay, okay, hold on. Um, Okay, if I go into my Harry Potter folder and click on my biggest file of unpublished works,
2: Oh yes, let's taunt the mm. taunt the
1: the you know It's the, yeah, the these are actually things that, that you will Thanks. see on Evil Author Day this year. I've decided to do a Harry Potter theme on my Evil Author Day what? this year. Jesus Christ, I'm screwed. No, just just completely Harry Potter nothing else. Um it's called Phoenix oh, and um Phoenix is a story about um Harry gets a letter from himself and um Headwood brings it to him and he recognizes the handwriting and the letter tells him to go to a place in Hogwarts and it turns out to be the room of requirement and this is um the day the, the night that his name comes out of the goblet of fire he gets a letter from himself and mm-hmm. he goes to the room of requirement um, requirement like the letter says and he opens it up and he meets a 76 year old version of himself oh, and it is an avatar It is an avatar from the future, and um, he tells Harry what's going to happen. And he lives in a bracelet called Phoenix, and Harry puts the bracelet on. And this is going to be a title one, um, but it's a little different kick on it because the Harry from the future never got to claim his title as the Earl of Gryffindor because Harry was cursed before he was ever sorted. And so Phoenix sends himself back in time as an avatar to save his house and to save the legacy of um, Gryffindor because um, Harry was cursed. And you are he sacrificed his life. life. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. He sacrificed his life to do this. And so so Harry wears the bracelet, and it's called Phoenix. And um, it is currently 67,000 words.
2: Oh, okay. Let's put this one up and, and, and is it a Harry Draco, Harry Hermione Draco, Harry Neville?
1: Um, it's actually Harry Hermione because you know they're um they're actually my OTP for um yeah, for uh-uh. uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, so the next biggest file that I have in my work in progress for Harry and Hermione is called The Apprentices. And during his second year, uh Dumbledore, when he's driven out of Hogwarts, instead of, like, doing nothing, he takes his ass off to Japan and meets a parcel mouth named Hiro Ito. Okay. And he brings that parcel mouth back with him to Great Britain oh. to train Harry. Okay. And um, this one is 56,000 words. So far, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like confession hour. I'm confessing all my fanfiction sins. And 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 <laughs> you
2: realize there's these marks going in my brain, going one at one. It's just easiest thing to sport in your hard drive. I'll 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 be a happy camper. I might not write shit next month, but I'll be
1: happy. <laughs> and um, this is a story about Harry who decides he's not going to take it anymore, That's and he's him. not going that to be ashamed done. of what he is and he's not going to let Fudge tell lies about him and he doesn't let anybody dismiss what happened in the chamber of secrets. He makes the ministry view his memory of it. He makes uh-huh. Dumbledore step up and um it changes everything. And so sure. yeah. And that's called the apprentices and it's currently fifty six thousand words. Uh-huh. Um the next biggest one is called Witch's Heartbreak.
2: Oh, one I think that that, one I've um read. Lady
1: Holder is is seeing parts of this one. It is currently yes. fifty seven thousand words. I think that's more than, um, last than I thought. And that one that one's a ripper. Yeah, this is the one where Harry and Hermione, um, they're in their they year. their they their sixth year. Um I believe so. Sirius is not dead. Uh And Harry and Hermione are in the Great Hall, and um, Cho Chang. Mhm.
0: curses her. Curses Hermione.
1: She curses Hermione with um, a curse that was the original curse that created the first Dementor. Mm
0: -hmm. Mhm. It's
1: called witch's heartbreak because it violates a witch's soul, and it created the first Dementor, which is in this verse. All the dementors are female.
2: Oh, well, there's the pro- that's that's
1: yeah. And that's um anyways, uh and they were all created with Dispel, spell which has been outlawed. And so the only way Harry can save her is to bind his soul to hers. So he does. He takes her to um the bank
0: um
1: contrary to Dumbledore's wishes, contrary to what anybody wants for Hermione. He kidnaps her from Hogwarts. With Dobby's help, mm-hmm. and um, he marries her. He gets his to with her father. Save her life,
2: from what I remember, right?
1: Yeah, he does get her father's yeah. permission. first. And Hermione's willing, so it isn't like he did it without anybody's permission. It's just he didn't give a shit what D- what Dumbledore had to say about it. Dumb- Dumbledore, um, Dumbled,
2: to, to quote my to quote my daughter, could go suck a fuck.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, he he, um, he definitely gets told to go suck a fuck in this one, and so <laughs> and it's called Witch's Heartbreak. And um, yeah, and so that one is is fifty seven thousand words.
2: Somebody adding, I hope.
1: I should I should just I should just rename this radio show confession the confession. My, yeah, mine is my, okay. <laughs> And the next biggest one is called the marriage gambit, and. It is I haven't seen that fifty one thousand words and, and and nobody's seen this one. Um, it's after the Department of Mysteries happens. Sirius lives but he's in him, he's in um custody and Fudge is trying to kill him and Bones is trying to keep him safe and Dumbledore is in the middle of being a politician and um and Hermione has a problem and her dad's an asshole and he's going to make her give up magic because of what happened in the department of of of, Ma- of, of uh, the department of mysteries and yeah. she's yeah. she's smarter than all of them put together and she's not going to have it and um in the midst of protecting herself she unleashes something in harry that was not what G- dumbledore had in mind uh
2: oh gee really
1: yeah, he he wait, he goes down into um the bank and he um is tested uh by something in the bank and he accepts a uh a legacy that was um that has been unclaimed for hundreds of years and he becomes um the regent, the magical regent of of Great Britain. And it all started because Hermione didn't want to give up her wand. <laughs> I can't say are blaming a woman. Would you? So, she talked Harry into claiming his title, and the goblins talked Harry into testing himself with Merlin's vault. And Merlin's cave is under the bank. They built the bank on top of Merlin's cave. And in Merlin's cave is the is. legacy of Arthur Pendragon, who was also a wizard, and that legacy accepts Harry, and, and Harry becomes the regent of um
0: mm-hmm.
1: of magical Britain, and he puts his foot down. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go over well. And the again, and,
2: I, give um, the, the, I give a fuck. it's it,
1: be broken like hell. It doesn't really help that in the midst of all this, he's receiving knowledge and information and, and magic from not only Arthur Pendragon, but Godric Gryffindor as well. And they're both assholes. No, <laughs> really? I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're both but, um, pure to the to the bone Arthur assholes. Pen- and, yeah, Arthur yes, Pendragon he does
0: have Excalibur. No,
2: yeah, he, he was no sweetness unlike a, you know. It just was not (laughs) even though
1: no matter where the fiction. So, anyways, that that's what happens in the marriage gambit is that Hermione um, goes looking for a a hero and turns her best friend into a king by accident. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. But she's not mad (laughs) (laughs) because she gets to be obsessed. But you know, Whatever so works. it's um it's just like this, um it's what, you know, from from Harry's point of view it's like, oh wow, but from Dumbledore's point of view it's like a series of mis of of misfortunate accidents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but um <clears throat> it's you know, it's just it's um so there's that and that is fifty one thousand words. And finally um my favorite is an adult Harry Potter um, and and Hermione. They both work for the Department of Mysteries. Um, Harry and Ryan Granger. Ryan Granger is is, is is Hermione's dad, and Harry and Ryan are bros. They have a serious bromance going on. They um, they golf together. They drink together. They went to the World Cup together. They you know just you know they're tight and. <laughs> Her mother lies and tells everybody basically that Hermione and Harry are dating when it's not true,
0: and okay. Hermione's
1: mortified, and but Harry's totally down with it because he's a he's a motherfucking hero and he actually deserves the girl and um, he doesn't care what Ron <laughs> has to say about it. And
0: <laughs> so it's called
1: family politics, and. Um, Hannah Granger that's Hermione's mom ends up uh they have a cruise booked and she told her sister-in-law who's a snot that Harry will be coming on this cruise with the rest of the family because him and Hermione are practically engaged. So Harry oh. is all in. He is all in for this. And so um and you know so her father is helping you know Harry with with the plan to seduce uh-huh. Hermione. And her mom's looking at wedding magazines, and 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 Hermione doesn't even know what to do with herself at this point because, um,
2: her family's gone off the fucking rocker. What in the hell just happened? Right.
1: And and Harry is enabling them. You know, he's enabling them. So so they end up on this cruise, and um, and uh, Hermione's definitely not in charge, and <laughs> so that's no. what that is. And, and that is currently record, thirty-one thousand words. <clears throat>
2: For the record, um, I don't have anything new showing up in that shared drive.
1: <laughs> but this one is just thirty-one, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. Um, Harry is kind of jaded. He's kind of like the Harry that we that um that I wrote in um uh the Magical Promise. He's an unspeakable. Uh-huh. Hermione is his partner. Um, he calls he. He kind of refers to himself in his job as a professional liar uh, because he spends most of his time in disguise, you know, polyjuice or glamours or whatever, you know, doing his job. And he uh,
2: is that two hundred fifty k for our total for the Harry Potter folder.
0: (laughs) No,
1: I think it has to be more than that. Maybe not. Maybe
0: not. Um, Oh, she's saying yes. Okay.
1: So this one is thirty-one. K, if okay, if you're keeping math. Somebody um, is. And I, I don't know what I want to do with it. I just, you know, there's this idea that it should just be the filthiest porn ever. Okay, well.
0: Um, and, um...
1: Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like lots of
0: fun.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so uh-huh. there's that one. And let's see what else I got in the folder. I also have one... um, called Judgment, and it's um, the last one in the Harry-Hermione folder, really, that's okay. got any kind of... Development. I have a lot of documents in there, but most of them are just notes, you know, and they're not actual stories. Mm-hmm. And this one is also 31K, um, r- roughly. It's, it's, it's 31,664 words. Anyways... Oh, gee. In this one, Harry and Hermione are married, and oh. she is pregnant with their first child, and... The war on their world has has come to an unfortunate conclusion, and most of the population is gone, and Harry can't leave that world with Voldemort alive, and he can't kill him as it currently stands. Okay. And this is my take on a dimensional shift story for Harry and Hermione. Um. Harry calls down Magic and asks Magic to judge Voldemort and all of his followers. Oh, ouch. And before he does this, he sends his wife to another world. Well, she lands in the middle of Hogwarts and Mm -hmm. faints that away. When she wakes up, she comes face to face with James and Lily Potter.
2: Oh, God damn
1: it. Who have no other children, whose Harry died as an infant. Who was killed by Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Um. And for a minute there, they're not quite convinced that she might not be, you know, James's second wife. <laughs> until mm-hmm. she wakes up and then, then she tells them that she's actually... Because I don't think it occurred to them that there could be a world where Harry lived. And so now they've come face to face with their with their son's wife and she's pregnant mm-hmm. and um they're keeping it they're gonna keep it a secret and they're you know, the pregnancy anyway and um because this is, you know, an heir for James when he thought he would never have one.
0: Because he was mm-hmm. cursed, um
1: to be infertile during the war. Uh so <clears throat> he um so Harry um, it takes him six months to find her because she was wrong um, and she thought that their marriage bond would pull him to the right world, but it didn't so by the time he gets there she's she's six months into this, and um uh about ready to pop, her stasis probably yeah her, no her stasis spell failed on her pregnancy, and her pregnancy became active again which is how he found her. He didn't find her. He found their son. Okay. And um, so now here's Harry. He has to deal with um, parents, the, uh, the basic, you know, he was raised by Sirius, and so he has to deal with mm-hmm. the, this version of Sirius Black and um, James Potter and, and Lily and, and his wife and this whole castle full of people that he thought dead and um, that he buried. Mm-hmm. and um in some cases good in some cases bad he's he's terrible he's he's vindictive he's um he's, he's very much he's a soldier for, yeah. he's a veteran of a of a war he lost um he has no patience um for
2: the bullshit that that the bullshit people yeah are he has no just, patience
1: yeah. for bullshit he um has no forgiveness left for any death eater alive, and uh he sits down on that world with the idea that he's going to kill every single one of those motherfuckers before they even have a chance to look at his wife wrong and so that so that's that and that's called judgment it it'll 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 eventually have a different name, and it is thirty one thousand words uh-huh. you know what I'm gonna call this evil author radio show, <laughs> yeah,
2: that works for me. <laughs> okay, so so we we've we've thoroughly and utterly. I, I'm never going to get a fucking thing written if I get anything. Anywho, um, we've got that one. You know now. Okay, so started. Harry and
1: Draco.
0: Oh sure, I'm sorry, for Harry and Draco oh, sorry.
1: too. Okay, okay. Oh, damn. Um, of course, I have the bad Wheezy, which you guys have seen. You've seen part of it. Um, it is yeah, currently 16k. It. It is currently 16K. Um, You guys didn't see the trial part on um, Evil Author Day, um, but I've written that, and it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible, too. It is is really terrible. Um, I have the Dimensional Shift one, which you guys have seen parts of, and it is currently 49,000 words. You've not obviously seen all of it. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And... um, I have Lord of the High Elves, which I've only seen parts. I've only shared parts of, and it is currently nineteen thousand words. Have I seen? I don't know I'm going to end up. I don't know what I'm going to end up calling um, the Bad Wheezy story because it's just Bad Wheezy in my head, but I can't call it that. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> That's a terrible title for that story. Um, I have. I have two more that are, um, I have a a couple more that are really interesting. And um, this one is called, um, it's just just called Lord Potter right now. And it is Mm -hmm. 18,000 words. And what happens is, is that he's on, he's with his relatives. And he, because he's refused to go to um, the Weasley's house because Molly's an asshole. And um, there's a reason why. And um, he's living in the attic of, of Privet Drive and he's um um basically being an asshole to everybody and um Draco shows up at his door mm-hmm. and he um he lets Malfoy come up to the to the attic to tell his story and what happened is is that um there was a title in the Malfoy family that um Lucius couldn't claim mhm um because of the dark mark that he carried and it has a a rich family magic, and Voldemort wanted it. And one of the ways he could gain access to that magic would be to fuck Draco during his match his maturation. Oh yeah, and yes, that Draco has no interest whatsoever in bending over for the Dark Lord.
2: <laughs> ah, yeah. So no,
1: he so. runs, and he runs to I Harry don't Potter.
2: I if they're going to somebody to pick somebody too, it, before to it,
1: it might as well be Harry Potter. Um, Wait a 2nd the
2: one who, weren't you the one who who said that that yeah you had Snape, um, researching how to fix the the Dark Lord's dick because, as as Snape said it's a horror, and you know
1: yeah 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 That's, that was I, in I, I, um, yeah. War Mages I believe I, 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 I don't yes, remember which I think one. So. So, Dracula runs to Harry, and Harry has received a letter from um, Sirius's estate, cause of Sirius' estate, um, because Sirius is dead in this, and they go to um, the bank, and mm-hmm. they put on their rings, and they go into a ritual room and proceed to have ten hours of really brisk ritual sex together.
2: <laughs> All right. Fucking for the win.
1: And Dumbledore is furious. Not only because Harry's outside of his control and he's claimed his title, which he shouldn't be able to do but he's fucking a death eater's son in a ritual in a ritual room in the bank. Yeah. Who cares? And the goblins, and the goblins are thrilled. Because <laughs> they're throwing off all oh, this magic and their wards are are just glowing with with excitement and magic, and um, Dumbledore's furious.
0: He's just he's it, absolutely isn't,
1: furious.
2: Is, isn't Gringotts in you know white marble? The outside of the building. Yeah. What did I fucking so is
1: Brisk ritual sex. Is what I said. <laughs> yes,
2: but I, I was thinking, you know, their wards glowing and and instead Both, of just brisk being brisk and
1: copious. <laughs>
2: Yes, you know, instead of just being, you know, a nice white building, have, you know, it starts off this nice subtle glow, and then it looks like, you know, <laughs> the sun hitting white marble marble in daylight, and then it's like somebody lit the inside with a flash bomb, and it just it keeps going, <laughs> and
1: everybody's going, what
2: the fuck is going on at Gringotts, and, the, all and the Bill
1: is I have to tell you okay. why that Harry's not at the borough. He's not at the borough because Molly caught him in bed with George and Fred. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His exact words
1: That's to right. when he's explaining why he he ran for cover is that he had gone to the twins' apartment through the flu and, and no one saw him and but Molly walked in on him and he was having a perfectly good time being in the center of a Weasley sandwich. <laughs>
2: Woohoo, I don't blame him. God, those boys are
1: great. And she ruined it for him. She ruined it for him. So he came home to Privet Drive because um, was mad at her uh-huh. <laughs> for her ruining his I good time. Him. So yeah, You're so gonna, that's that one of the things. That that that's the reason that he's. Crawl up. He's. That's the reason that he's at Privet Drive is because Molly walked in on him having um, freaky, uh, kinky threesome sex with the twins. <laughs> you know. Molly just sucks all the joy out of life. <laughs> Total cock block. That's absolutely right. And there is no excuse for that, as we well know.
0: <laughs> Anyways, firm, and that's so called,
1: firm. that's just currently called Lord Potter, but I might rename it Molly Weasley's a cock block <laughs> for, her, for, um, for for Evil Author Day.
2: There's a thought.
1: And um, <clears throat> then I have one called Savior. And it's not, it's an idea that I'm kind of exploring that I haven't really got into yet. So it's just 16K right now. Um, Okay. It's just 16K. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's what, three quarters (laughs) of the way through my story? Uh Yeah, okay, so it's called Savior. Um, And what happens is, is on Harry's 12th birthday, he makes a wish on his mother's magic to Hmm. be saved from his aunt and uncle. Well, so
2: while he's asleep,
1: he knows. And while he's asleep cuz Dumbledore told him that his mother's magic saved him
0: uh-huh. at the
1: end of first year. And so he's asked for his mother's magic to save him again and it's it's his 12th mm-hmm. birthday and he writes a letter um asking for his mother's magic to save him and while he's asleep, a phoenix not not Dumbledore's Phoenix, but a different Phoenix, mm-hmm. takes his letter, and he takes it to Minerva mm-hmm. M- uh, Minerva, and um, delivers it to her.
0: And
1: huh. she okay. finds out exactly what kind of life Harry Potter is living outside of Hogwarts. Oh, that's going to go And bad. she loses her temper, and she goes to Privet Drive, and takes ah. Harry and um, brings him back to Hogwarts for for Poppy to see. And they realize just how badly he's been mistreated and, and not fed. And um, mm-hmm. Dumbledore uh, comes to realize that no matter what he might have planned, he's not going to be able to control Minerva
2: uh, yeah that was that's a stupid thing to try and do
1: and my best line in this whole story is Flitwick and Dumbledore are outside the infirmary because Minerva's locked the whole damn thing down and he can't get in and she's got million mm-hmm. Bones in there and Poppy and Flitwick is watching Dumbledore try to get the ward down and he's unsuccessful. I mean she's she's put her mm-hmm. back into this and um revealing the kind of power that she doesn't normally reveal. And he says <laughs> Flintwooks turns to Dumbledore and says there is a belief that nothing is more ferocious than the defense of 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 her young than a lioness. <laughs> mhm.
2: <laughs>
1: and I'm sorry, Catherine And Dumbledore goes- hasn't quite realized yet how far gone this situation is from his control? Until so Minerva opens the infirmary door, waltzes out with Harry Potter in hand, and doesn't even doesn't even pretend she's afraid of him. It's more mm-hmm. like motherfucker, I wish you would try. That's what she's got going on right now. She's like, try it. Mm-hmm. She walks out in a real, you know, she walks, she strolls out of the infirmary with the Boy Who Lived in hand, and tells him he needs to mind his own fucking business. And if he can't meet her terms. She he's not ever going to see either one of them ever again.
0: Mm-hmm. And then she just
1: walks away, calm as she can be, because it's like motherfucker. I wish she
2: would. Mhm. Got him over a and bell. Then,
1: and then Dumbledore has a come to a come to Jesus meeting with Amelia Bones that he will never <laughs> recover <run> from. <laughs> And so and that's called um Savior and I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but mostly it's just about Minerva because I'm a big fan of Minerva. Um mostly I'm a big fan of Maggie and so as a as a rule I'm a big fan of Minerva. So yeah, And the nice other one is to... a soulmate bond. Um the, the only oh, other really? one that I have really fleshed out is twenty four K. Um, it's oh. Harry um, gets rescued by Hagrid and he goes to Diagon Alley to, to do his shopping and he doesn't really believe it. He doesn't really believe this is happening. He thinks he's having a dream and he's going to wake up and it's going to be this cruel trick that's been played on him and he's still going to be in the cupboard. And he, you know, he's he's just not, he just doesn't believe this is going to be, you know, that this mm-hmm. is happening. And he meets a pretty little boy in the robe shop and... <laughs> Draco offers Harry his hand to mm-hmm. shake because he's a little gentleman. And um, Harry takes it, and they pass out. And they wake up in the uh, St. Mungo's, and um, Harry has kind of encased them in this uh, shield. And mm-hmm. the Unspeakables believe this is how he survived the killing curse because they can't get into it. Nothing they do will um get them through it and uh he's you know he's the I'm soulmate. willing to bet
2: one idiot I'm willing to bet one idiot is saying, Well, let's just fire something minor, crucio and
1: <laughs> So, you know, and then he, in, in in this story we find out that um that it was Lucius who was the spy and not Severus. Um, Severus Snape was never marked as a death eater. Uh and Ben Lucius was Dumbledore's spy. And he tells Dumbledore, if my son is bonding with Harry Potter, I'm not going to be able to be a spy when he comes back. This is this is not going to work. Mhm. You know, so all of their plans that they've made because they know that Dumbledore that um that that Voldemort is gaining power is for naught because he literally cannot risk his son's life by pretending to be a spy. I'm willing to bet Dumbles is thinking really hard about that of, you know maybe what to do, how to do this. And in yeah. this, Dumbledore hid Harry Potter in the real in the in the muggle world, but he put um wards on him to protect him and those wards failed and part of the story is figuring out who who turned off notifications so that no one knew how badly Harry was being treated.
0: Hmm.
1: Because Dumbledore is Harry's grandfather, his great-grandfather.
0: Oh. Yeah, Dumbledore's, daughter,
1: Dumbledore's um, daughter married Charles Potter and was James' mother.
0: Hmm. And
1: so he hid... Harry in the Muggle world to protect him the way he did his own daughter. He hid his own daughter in the Muggle world to protect her, and it worked. And he had all these wards on Harry, and he thought he was safe, but he couldn't risk being anywhere near him because it might draw attention. Because one of the reasons why the Potters were eventually killed is because she was Dumbledore's daughter, and Voldemort knew. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: Charles and Dorea were targeted because of Dumbledore. So that's what I've done with that. Okay. Yes, Melanie Doria Black in Canon is James's mom, but I can change that because I can do what I want. And that's you the know beauty really of fan honestly, fiction Canon is my also, bitch. I can turn it over. I can roll it over on something and spank its ass. Well i was just thinking, you <laughs> So know, that's my you idea for have... that one.
2: Well, yeah, but I was just thinking for, for Melanie with Doria Black. The thing is, is at uh, Doria Black's level of society, most of them are cousins of one stripe or another. So if she goes by, say, Doria Black because that's um, her mother's, you know, maiden name or her grandmother's maiden name, um, it's legit. It's just not really hers. That is for for and, and there's done.
1: no, and I haven't actually told you who her, who Doria Black's mother was anyway. So true. You know, Dumbledore been. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if Dumbledore's going to be gay in this, and it was an, an arranged pregnancy, you know, to continue his line or whatever. I don't know how it's going to be. Sounds appropriate. Um. But um, yeah. I mean, he's a very powerful wizard. So why wouldn't she want to have a child with a very, very powerful wizard? You know. Mm-hmm. Ambition and all that, you know, so why not? but um, at any rate, that's the idea for that one that Harry's actually um dumbledore's grand great grandson and um uh that they did all these things to protect him, and everybody was kind of involved in this and um well, when Dumbledore fathered this child, he wasn't a creepy old man. this is you know he would have he mm-hmm. would have fathered this child when he was in his late thirties keep that in mind mm-hmm. because this he is he is Harry's great grandfather not his grandfather and that's a bit and, and there's a big difference true but regardless um in this AU um Harry is his great grandson and um they did all this to protect Harry and it proved or not and and now they have to deal with the consequences of of him growing up so so terribly and um He's um extremely protective of Draco who's basically the only thing he's ever had that's his. So Draco is like his first present to himself.
2: <laughs>
1: oh so all great. that um all that affection kind of obsessive affection that he had for Hedwig <laughs> gets gets put on Draco because Draco's the first thing he ever got for himself. Huh. Okay his family, his his he's he's everything to um Harry because Harry, you know, has nobody else as far as he's concerned. So he invests himself very much so in this in, in this bond and it's um you know, it's gonna be interesting. So that's that mm-hmm. and it's call and I don't I don't have a title for it. It's actually the the title of the file is um the first sentence of the fic. So yeah. He's very possessive of Draco and it will have consequences. Um sometimes deadly consequences for people who don't know how to behave. <laughs> I'm not upset. <obsessed. laughs> and he will get sorted into Slytherin, because I haven't written a Harry Slytherin before, so I'm kind of excited about mm-hmm. that part. Um, actually, you know, I had sorted Harry into Slytherin in my Lord of the High Elves. Did I post that part on the um yes. the evil Author People uh, Yes, well, I know I saw it, okay. but... So this is my second Harry Slytherin, but really it's going to be from the first. He's going to be there from the first to get sorted and, um, you know, um, go into Slytherin. And um, it's going to be known already that he's a parcel mouth um, going into it. And uh, uh, he's going to have a lot of conflict outside of his house, but not so much in his house, because um, (laughs) he is the soulmate of Draco Malfoy, who's just as vicious as he knows how to be. All right. So they're going to be rolling up into Hogwarts, couple of little snakes. <laughs> oh yes, that will go over uh, interestingly. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. So that's that, and um, I have another one that I don't have much on. I've been playing with it. It's, I mean, it's literally nothing. It's like three thousand words, and the idea is that during the second task when the Goblet of Fire chose Harry's hostage.
0: Mm -hmm. It chose Draco
1: Malfoy as the thing Mm -hmm. Harry would miss most. Mm -hmm. So his crush on Draco gets revealed to the entire school and basically the entire magical world in a very terrible... um, revolting fashion, and he has to deal with this, and, you know, everybody, you know, Ron thinks it's just because Harry would miss arguing with him, and everybody, you know, makes these assumptions about what it is, and Draco's the only one who totally gets it, because he takes, you know, he corners Harry into a uh, closet a week after the mm-hmm. tournament, or the uh, a week after the uh, task, and kisses him, because <laughs> he totally got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, he gets of like, whoa, you're absolutely right. That's exactly how he gets added. So um, Draco convinces Harry not to try to win the third task. So mm. when Cedric and Harry get to the center of the maze, um, Cedric refuses to take the, turn, the, um, the trophy because he thinks Harry deserves it, and Harry has already mm-hmm. promised Draco that he would not. And so what they do is they levitate it and take it back to the front of the um, maze and um uh they find out that it's a port key and uh Dumbledore goes to the to the cemetery and that's the last thing Peter Pettigrew saw coming. Oh yes. <laughs> he said he set a trap for a fourteen year old and got Dumbledore instead. So <laughs> that didn't
0: quite work you out. Know,
1: and um
2: that that would definitely put a crimp on the whole oh fuck me running. <laughs>
0: Right,
1: like, that's not what I expected to happen. <laughs> so yeah. it gets a little, you know. And then um, Sirius, of course, is declared innocent, and he takes custody of Harry. And um, that's basically the prologue for the story. And then it it starts at the beginning of the fifth year. And after all the first years are sorted, um, the hat makes Harry sit on the stool. And it resorts him.
0: Uh-huh. Mhm.
1: Because... He has been betrayed by Gryffindor, as far as the hat is concerned, and he's going to put Harry Potter where he wanted to put him to begin with, instead of putting him where Harry wanted to go. So he puts Harry in mm-hmm. Slytherin.
2: Yep. And
1: um, so there's that, and uh, that's just currently called resorting. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And um, by the way, there's a you,
0: there's, you, there's you a really great line. What?
2: There's okay. a link in, in in chat. It needs to go in on the, the after link type thing for people. You need to look at that because it it fits your, your your hairy one that has him basically, you know, hugging and petting and loving and calling uh Draco George.
0: <laughs> That's adorable. Oh my god. <laughs> That is so cute.
1: That's exactly what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, always up to 430k, and that's just on Harry Potter, right? So, um, yeah. <clears throat> so my favorite line in this resorting is at the very end of my little thing that I've written so far is that Harry and um, Harry has been moved into the Slytherin dorm, and, and Draco is um, is helping him get settled and Harry says, So, had he made a list of enemies and Draco responds, I'll always keep a list of enemies. It would be foolish and stupidly optimistic not to uh-huh. That's my favorite line in the whole little story so far. So <clears throat> there's that and I'm definitely putting that link on the radio show. That is just the cutest thing I've ever seen. So and that's Harry Potter, um what I've what I've got together for that so far. So and she's saying four hundred and thirty yeah. <clears throat>
0: hmm.
1: Oh, I have the Lion Theft one. I have one more. I have one more in Harry yep. Potter. Um and it's and it's eight thousand words and, and you guys have probably seen this on um Harry po- um on um Evil Author Day or at least part of it. Um and it's where Jenny gives birth and um Harry finds out mm-hmm. that he married her. He married her, he only married her because she was pregnant and she told him it was it was his baby. And the thing is is it absolutely is not his baby and um he finds out that today is the, the day of her birth. And um it's just 8K right now. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yep. I'm currently calling it Line Theft and it's basically, you know, Harry and Draco um getting over what they had to do to be honorable. And mm-hmm. um yeah, so there's that. And I'm gonna to have to change. Um, uh, you know, here's the thing: I didn't actually know that Dean Thomas was black because I don't. I, I didn't watch the movies, and it might have been mentioned in the book, but I don't remember it. So, and I had made uh-huh. Dean Thomas the, the father of the baby, which would have been obvious. <laughs> It would have been pretty obvious at her birth that she was mixed mm-hmm. race. So I'm going to have to change the father of Jenny's baby in, in that story because I d- didn't know that Dean Thomas was. Seamus. black. Uh, would well, probably shame. I don't know Michael Michael Corner maybe because she had a relationship with him at Hogwarts, so that works.
0: Michael mm-hmm. Corner,
1: but I had no idea that De- that Dean Thomas was um was black. So yeah, that's a oops. <laughs> that was a big surprise. Oh dear. <laughs>
2: That yeah, would I definitely I wasn't that
1: would definitely be evident at birth. Whoops
0: <laughs>
1: She the slept thing. with everyone. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so that's Harry Potter. Stargate. Stargate. Um Hmm. Stargate. Okay. I've got I've got If Your Heart's Not In It, and that's the one where John is a sentinel, and he's in the FBI, and, and Rodney is a profiler and a guide.
2: You've been teasing me with teaching that on. one for the last five years. You realize that, don't you? I
1: know, I know. But the thing is, is I had this beautiful idea for it, and then I got – and there was no inspiration, and then it was gone. And then it comes, sometimes it comes back. I'm at fourteen thousand words. Actually, no, okay, I take that back. I'm at fourteen thousand nine hundred fifty-five words. So that's like, let's just say fifteen thousand words. Let's just say fifteen thousand words for that. And um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think that writing the criminal minds ties that bind is going to end up Spurking inspiring some stuff with this one. Yeah, Hallelujah. because because of the because of the criminal minds element. Um, see, I also oh, have. Oh, you're not right. Lantian Legacy. And, and, and. I have. Hmm, have in the silence, which was originally book two, and it is currently fifty-seven thousand words.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in this it takes place after they've gotten sold on a different planet And um, Stargate Command is reaching out Jack has returned to the mountain And he reaches out to uh, to um, Atlantis um, to reestablish contact and, and he hopes they're still there He believes that they're gone, that they're all dead um, And one of the things I wanted to do with Lantian Legacy Was I started each story with a quote and in the the quote for this one is in the end we will remember not the words of our enemies but the silence of our friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is where the
1: title of the story comes from, in the silence and that was by Martin Luther King Junior. And so this story is about Atlantis reconnecting with Earth and them making it clear to Earth that they don't need them. They have they have gone through their trials, and they've come out on the other side, and they have technology, they have ships, Atlantis is taking care of her people, and I remember, Earth needs I remember them that, more. I
2: remember, yeah, I remember rereading that recently, because, you know, I, I tend to do that a lot, and the the thing that I remember most about the rereading of that is the whole um, sincere level of fuck you with a spork and I'm sorry for using the We don't it, need um, you. We don't need <laughs> you. And the the other part that I remember and and I giggled about it um most decidedly was um there's a a a, a habit that John has which is that Rodney is never unaccompanied. And the why and where to is that cause this you can find out when when she gets around to it, but he is never unaccompanied. And what ends up being shown with a very elegant twist is the reason why. It's not because Rodney is um at a disadvantage. It's because he's a lot more pragmatic. He'll kill you.
0: Fight out straight up. Yeah.
2: The guards aren't there to protect him. They're they're there to protect everybody else.
1: Because Rodney and, came out the other side of the Atlantean legacy um, with gifts. I don't want to say his moral compass is corrupt, but you, but you remember in Atlantean Legacy in the um, in the Enemy Within um, that Rodney killed. Mm-hmm. It isn't the first time he's killed, but it's the first time he ever killed with the gifts that Atlantis gave him, and it was easy. Mm hmm. It was very easy. He broke that man's neck with his mind, with his brain. Mm-hmm. And Rodney is very black and white. You're absolutely right, Claire. And um, when he comes to Earth with John and his men, he he's very yeah. He, you know, you don't mess with me. You know, because this is a Rodney, man. The thing is, is what happens is when you give an academic that kind of power is that Rodney academics don't get treated well in school. No. There's bullying. There's there's abuse. There's and and that happens in military situations too. So this is a okay. The guy sent to Siberia, who got mistreated by the SGC, who was probably mistreated in his youth, um, who was bullied, and now he has the ability to break somebody's neck by just thinking about it.
2: The the thing for me is Rodney's moral compass begins and ends with John. Right he he has expanded it through forced acculturation i guess um for the rest of the humans on atlantis he adores atlantis he thinks theseus is the greatest thing since sliced bread he loves them too but for humans he's a cat he happens to be a cat who looks like a human being he's got his people emphasis on his the rest of you are prey.
1: This is and even more evident in the story because
0: this,
1: this, this is a story where McKay decides that Jeannie and her children no longer need to be on Earth. He doesn't trust Earth That's with them. Let's leave. And he packs up their shit and, put, and sends them through the Stargate because he doesn't trust Earth with them. And he thinks that they'll be mm-hmm. used against him, and he's absolutely right. And, yep. um... He's not playing. And he no. has no shits to give. And when the government in Canada complains about it, he's like, Fuck you, I don't care. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You gonna send a ship to Pegasus to get them? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> You've got no options, dude. I'm not giving them back. <laughs> you know, so yeah. he's you know, so that's so 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 that's Rodney and um this is called In the Silence and it's cur- and it's currently fifty seven thousand words and it has to go through uh, a big beta because There were a lot of changes made in No Enemy Within (laughs) that have to be addressed in in the Silence. And the biggest thing to address in the Silence is that Daniel Jackson left Earth and moved to Atlantis in No Enemy Within, and he took Vala with him. And in the original version of In the Silence, um, Daniel's still on Earth. So I have to figure, I I guess I'm going to replace him with Jonas. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to do about that. I might do an O. C. That would be interesting. I could do I could put Sean Taylor in his place as an um as an anthropologist. It'd be interesting. That'll work. Because Chase Harris is already on um Atlantis with um Lauren. He I'm I'm, I'm him and Lauren are doing it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> doing it well.
0: <laughs> Don't.
1: Oh my god, you went there. Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. I, I,
1: I, I, let me tell you guys a story. When I was in college, one of my asshole friends bought a cassette tape of LL Cool J's doing it. And I drove a Ford Taurus, and it had a cassette player, cause that's a, because that's how old I am, and fuck you. If you're doing the math right now, fuck you. Um, and um, I know
2: how old you are.
1: She She put it in my uh, cassette player, and it got stuck, and it wasn't a full tape, by the way, it was just a single, they used to put single songs out on cassette tapes, it, for six months, all I had to listen to in my car was doing it, doing it, and doing it well, (laughs)
0: By LL
1: Cool J, <laughs> and I would forget. I would forget that it was actually fucking in there, and I would I would turn the damn thing on, and it would be there. It would, oh my god! And then one night, one night, I turned it on, and it it started playing, and I got so mad. I just I literally punched my cassette player, and it popped out. I jerked that tape out of the tape deck and threw it out the window. (laughs) And I don't regret my littering at all. I would have paid a fine if I got caught. I don't care. Fuck that. Doing it. (laughs) And doing it well. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can I hate that I song. Oh my I god! For
0: oh,
1: it was terrible. Anyways, it's terrible. Uh huh. I actually put duct tape over the cassette part of my radio, so none of my terrible friends could put anything in there, because I was afraid something else would get stuck. Uh huh is terrible. Terrible.
2: Yeah. Okay. So next item on the list of, of
1: stories. Um, okay, so Lantian Legacy is currently fifty seven thousand words, as 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 we've already discussed. Um then I have the, the Devil You Know which is I guess it's probably it end up being story three. Story four. This the yeah. This, this, this is still Stargate mm-hmm. this is Atlantean Legacy, and it is currently just eleven thousand words, and um, this is about this is a story about how John deals with his family, um, on Earth and on Atlantis, and um, um, his father's relationship with with with, with Elizabeth Weir, and um, and and how that's going to go, and so that's probably eleven k. Um, I'm not
2: touching that link that Deserve just put up.
1: No. I, I'm kind of feeling better myself. Moving
0: actually.
2: on. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> not the only one. Yay! Okay, so
0: <laughs> far,
2: we, we, we've got lots of, you know, we haven't really done much for book four. We haven't touched anything really on that. Um, no, book we know, no. Well, five of of course been plotted to Helen back. But that's just it. twenty six times. I'm <laughs> just
1: kidding. I don't know how many times it's actually been, but it's pretty close. Okay, I have twenty one works in progress in my Stargate folder.
0: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> some of them if you've
1: seen, some of them you have not. Um, if mm-hmm. we go, okay. I have my Doctor Shepard AU where John was in the Navy and he left the Navy and married McKay, and they get recruited by Stargate to um to um to go to Atlantis, and it's currently Right, at 6, And 000. I right, and I 6, fell in love with that one and was
2: um, kind of hoping for more because you know, Never. hey, I'm a Navy girl. I might as well enjoy. Oh my know, God! Getting... She
1: actually found the video for doing it. <laughs> yes, this is why I just don't click the link. You know? Um and and yeah, and, and, and it's currently untitled. Um I have one called Fallout, which amuses me to no end. It's pure porn. Um it's currently just um nineteen hundred words. And what happened is is off scene John and Rodney are forced to do a sex ritual.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: um it uh kinda ruins Rodney. He's he's kinda ruined. He's um he's been with men but he's never had um anal sex before and um John knocked it out of the park. <laughs> uhhuh. And and these are the ramifications of that. Um and Rodney was dating Jennifer at the time and he comes back to Atlantis and there's this whole big disaster and she's furious and you know, they should have killed all the natives to escape it and you know, and, and John and Rodney weren't all that fussed to do it. They don't they didn't care and um so and and Rodney becomes kind of obsessed with 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 the sex that happened, and um mm-hmm. but John's keeping his distance from Rodney because of procedures, and um you know, he's trying to be you know good about it because he did sodomize <laughs> he did sodomize his best friend <laughs> in front of a couple uh-huh. hundred people, so he's so he's trying to take the high road and um th- that
0: yeah, they get their test really results
1: happen. back and um and and um is currently called you know, I actually have two titles one's called fallout and the other one is called <laughs> it's called taking one for the team I prefer that one that one works.
2: and by the way, they keep reminding
1: us of d j love in canada yeah okay i'll i'll get, i'll get, I'll get to that one in a minute. Yeah But yeah To taking one for the team It makes me giggle Every time I say it I'm not actually sure I vote
2: for that (laughs) I vote for that title Thank you
1: So And you know Basically um, At the end of it You know Rodney is just going to be like You know My ass is awesome On the way You don't want to fuck me again John's like Take off all your clothes (laughs) So it's just going to be porn It's just going to be some Nasty porn at the end And it's it's, it's, going to be a short But um Yeah It's um It's awesome (laughs) And see, uh Fate Twisted is my is um I had a bunch of different ideas about how Atlantis would be um abandoned Atlantean legacy and one of the uh-huh. ones that I had it was just like an apathy situation, like they stopped being able to send ships out and then, you know, um just one thing after another happened and some and and, and then just they were on their own. And they had to um and they and, and they had to deal with the consequences and, and that's one of the, um stories that I've got going there and it's four thousand words and I don't know the thing is is I abandoned this concept to work on Lantine Legacy, so I'm not sure if I'll ever come back to it again. But I have it and it's interesting. I might recycle some of it and do something else. Um Okay. And then let's see. Um I have one that I call gay swans. It's not actually the name of the story, but that's what I call it. I call it the Gay Swans. Um, I don't know okay. if it's actually on um, um, Evil Author Day. I don't know. Uh, but it might be. And um, basically, you know, John's a marine, and he's um, his daddy raised him and his brothers up uh, badass. And he gets really pissed off when he finds out about the Stargate program because he should have been all in that from day one, as far as he's concerned. I think Um, I remember this one But that might be
2: one
0: That
1: I got hold of He's super gay And and doesn't give a shit Who knows it And um, he's just You know He's He's um I don't know He's just He's just just who he is And so he goes down To uh, To Antarctica To meet McKay And um Kind of falls in love With McKay's ass Of course You know Who doesn't Because David Heald's Got a really pretty ass Um Mm -hmm. And uh that, that's what that is, and, and it's just currently five thousand words too. And I, what happened was, is I started a whole bunch of different stories about how Atlantis would happen, and this is just one of them. And because um, um, I, I really wanted to write John as a Marine, and that's how I ended up writing John as a Marine in Ties at Bind. Now, I have a story called I Shall Believe, and it is a Sentinel a fusion with Atlantis. And I actually have two versions of this story. One oh, version yeah. is John and one version is John and Rodney, and the other version is Jim and Blair, and it's basically the same principle. In the Stargate version, um, John's come online as an Alpha Sentinel. He's been online for a year. He is very much in need of a bond. He thinks he's going to die, and the Sentinel Center is going um, all out to find him a guide. They're you know searching the entire world over, and they come across a guide listing that there's a guide um, from Canada who has not been presented to the Alpha, and that's Rodney McKay. And they have to admit to somebody high up in the organization that McKay isn't actually even on Earth anymore. And so Stargate Command has no choice but to go get him in Pegasus and bring him home. So that's how they make a reconnection with Atlantis um, in this AU. And so... Rodney comes back to Earth, and he bonds with John, and then John and Rodney and a team of Sentinels um, go back out to Pegasus together, and that's currently 28K, and it's called mm-hmm. I Shall Believe. Now, in the
0: –
1: I'll discuss the Jim Blair version later, because um, I don't know how much time i got left, actually. 21 minutes. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. So that's 28K. Um then um I have a story called Kindred. And what happens um in Kindred is that it's currently just seven thousand words. It's more um an idea than an actual full fledged um start of a story. And what happens is is that John has a mental connection with Atlantis um that is extreme. I've read this one. And uh he um he's That's allowed nice. Atlantis to change him genetically in ways that no one is aware of anymore, but Elizabeth and and in this AU Elizabeth is dead. Um John's practically an ancient. Sam is leading um Atlantis and she's not evil, but mm-hmm. she's she's jaded and she's she's anti ancient. She's Anti-Ori, she's she's lost a lot. And it's it's turned her in a way that's um, really unfortunate. But I wouldn't say she's evil. I just think that she's got so much grief going on that she's kind of blind. And she's just going through the motions. And Rodney gets shot in the head off-world. And so when the story starts, John is... um, So grief stricken that he can't even speak, and he he basically just walks away from the infirmary because he's been given the decision of of ending Rodney's life support. And Atlantis offers John the opportunity to save Rodney, but she'll have to complete his change, and he'll stop being human, and he'll become an ancient one, and he'll he'll become ancient. And the idea behind this is that um that Atlantis is um she's sentient but she's not like Theseus in, Le- in Atlantean legacy um she she's kind of manipulative and she sees this is her way of of keeping John forever Mhm she's going to give John what he wants so she can keep him and or so she can get what she wants Right, and so she helps John charge ZPMs, and she saves Rodney, and she makes Rodney an ancient, mm-hmm. because why the hell not? Because <laughs> she's got one, she might as well have two. And hey, go for the, the whole problem, set. The problem becomes is that they come to realize that Atlantis is deeply connected to the ascended and the ascended Uh kowtow to Atlantis and when she tells them she wants Sam Carter off her they go to earth (laughs) and wake Jack O'Neill up out of the bed and bring him to the conference room in his pajamas to let them know that Atlantis wants Sam Carter out of Pegasus and what Atlantis wants Atlantis gets because Atlantis is basically their mother uh-huh. Every ancient that exists, Atlantis made.
2: The really, the really funny thing <laughs> is, is um, from what I remember, Daniel shows up and his reaction to it is, y'all done fucked up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Daniel is still ascended at this point in the story, and he's like, he's he's letting them know you you've made a big mistake, and you're uh-huh. in a precarious situation, um, and um, you're going to have to do exactly what she wants, or it's going to get really, really bad because Atlantis uh, because Atlantis has power now. She charged all those ZPMs. She's got power. She's got weapons. And she's not happy, and she's sentient, and she's sentient. Yes, sentient. Sentient. I'm Mm -hmm. tired. Yes, she's sentient. And 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 so she's 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 pissed. She's got no ships to give for for Sam. She's absolutely furious and um, sapient, (laughs) Claire. she's she's very mad, she's very mad, she's very attached to John, and she considers Sam Carter a threat to john um and that's not to be tolerated and so and that's called kindred and um, the kindred is not a reference to John and Rodney; it is a reference to John and Atlantis, mhm, because when he sacrificed his humanity, he bound himself to Atlantis in a way that um will become more evident as the story goes on he's he's sacrificed his humanity and his mortality to Atlantis they live and breathe together so as long as Atlantis exists John will never age a day
2: oh that's a twist I didn't see
0: yeah that's why it's
1: called Kindred <laughs> okay
0: <laughs>
1: yeah and she gave him Rodney to um, to keep him happy. Uh-huh. And she'll do a lot to keep um, John happy. I don't Pucked doubt. She'll things to keep John happy. And he'll find out that she's done things already to keep him happy.
0: Huh.
1: And that people on Atlantis have died, considered them a threat to John. Eep. Yeah, so that... That's called Kindred. It is kinda of like sci fi horror. Um, I only play with it when um I'm in a bad mood. Um, Don't piss her which off brings guys, as
2: much as I want it. Sorry, you were saying. Which
1: brings us to big gay love in Canada. <laughs> yes, it does. which is currently actually what it's actually called is more than anything. Um and it's um it's currently 29,000 words and it uh it's about John and Rodney meeting in Antarctica and they decide that what the potential they have together is more important than anything the SGC could possibly offer them and when Weir makes a play for John and he brushes her off she makes Kavanaugh, the lead scientist of the Atlantis expedition to punish Rodney For John's rejection. And he responds (laughs) by quitting. John retires his commission from the Air Force, and McKay says, go fuck yourself. And they go off to Canada to have big gay love. And um, it's actually called that because there's a line later on where John and Rodney end up on Atlantis, and Raddick is is fussing at them because he's been suffering all this time while while they had Big Gay Love in Canada, and and that's what he mm-hmm. calls it, Big Gay Love in Canada. So, and that's why it's called that, um, and that's why it was originally called that in on my file name too, because I wrote it all at one setting basically. I, I, I cut the file open for days, and I wrote all that in just one big chunk. And then when I saved it, I just called it "Big Gay Love in Canada" <laughs> because of that one line that that Radek says. It, it's a hell of a line. <laughs> you know. And what's really interesting about this this verse is that um, Sumner lived, and what happened on Atlantis is is nothing short of nightmarish. Um. Oh, yeah. Military law was established. There is some really dark, ugly themes in this. And it's because I only write on it when I'm upset or irritated. And if so, it's snarky and it's mean and ugly things happen. And I think that if I ever published it for real in in, in its entirety, I would have so many warnings on it that most of you wouldn't read it.
2: I'd read it. I don't know about you. Most people (laughs) in here would
1: because there well there's discussion of rape, there's discussion of physical abuse, there's um you know uh cannibalism. Yeah, there's cannibalism. Um uh there's uh um what you call it? Um genocide is brought up. <laughs> so there's just mm-hmm. there's there's lots of things on it that um In it, there are they're pretty rough. Um, I never have written rape, and I never will, but it is referred to, and um, so is suicide in that story. Suicide, rape, um, abuse, genocide, cannibalism—it all comes up in that story, and um, it's—you know—I only write on it when I'm feeling really ugly about humanity. (laughs)
2: I'm all for you ever finishing that. I'd be a happy camper, but that's just me.
0: <laughs>
1: what a good Chianti. I fucking love that movie. I love, yeah, Lord of the Flies for grownups. That's exactly what it is, Claire. It, is exactly oh yeah. What it is. It is. It is, it is terrible. Book. It is terrible, and um. Yeah. I didn't like the book either and the movie gave me nightmares, I have to say, yeah, um, Lord of the Flop yeah. gave me nightmares yeah. To, mm. but yeah, so I only work on that one when i'm um upset so it's so and that's one of the reasons why it's it's not been published in any form not um, not even episode form because it it is a pretty rough read um mm. The other one that I have that I'm really um, interested in um, is called The Other Side of Things. And what happens is, is a version, um, I've always been really fascinated with Coming Home by Zant, um, obviously, since I did my mm-hmm. own AU based on that story, um, Ties that Bind. And um, um, one of the things that I really was, was interested in was that, you know, John, a, a, a different version of John and McKay, um, coming to an Atlantis where John and McKay aren't together and then showing those two what kind of relationship they could have as a result of mm-hmm. of, 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 of giving in to these feelings that, that that they have. And so what happens is, is that John Shepard, um, who is married to Rodney and who works on Atlantis, and he's a general, and his dad is is kind of almost like an AU of what might have been, but there is no Sebastian. Um, okay. Okay. So, um, Matt and um, David are working at the SGC, and so this John is having, you know, this John's having a great life. He's got his dad, he's got his, you know, he's got a husband, he's got a great career, and he's living on Atlantis. And they, they lost Pegasus, just like in what might have been, but they're working mm-hmm. to, to fight the race off in the Milky Way galaxy. And this one's currently 34,000 words. And what happens is, is that John touches a dimensional um, device, and he gets thrown into another dimension, and he's basically thrown into the canon verse of Atlantis. Except <laughs> so there is no Jennifer. There's no Jennifer, so there's no Jennifer bashing yet. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not put her in. I don't know. And so, John. This John desperately wants to go home. That's all he wants. And um, But he's stuck on this version of Atlantis in Pegasus, and McKay is overworked, and he hasn't learned to charge his EPMs yet, and they can't find the device. And he's he's faced every day with this version of McKay who's not his own and this version of himself who's, in so much denial that it's disgusting. He's kinda of horrified. He absolutely is horrified to be there. And, you know, Sam Carter's in charge of Atlantis and um he's just he's not it's not going to work for him and he's and it's been a couple of weeks and um he's 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 definitely ready to go home. And the McKay in this world, he's he doesn't want to admit to John that he can't send him home, that he does not have the ability, the power to to send him home where he came from. And so it's it's pretty bad. And uh but if there's one universal truth about McKay is then McKay doesn't take no, that's not gonna happen for an answer. So John McKay on the in the other verse has figured out what's happened he is turning the device back on, and he's going to have a discussion with with his husband about touching things. He has no business touching. And uh-huh. when he finds out that the other McKay can't send his John home, he steps through the portal to take Don't over because fuck this. Him. Fuck this and fuck that, and here's some coffee, and uh-huh. I brought a laptop, and we're going to get this shit done. And so they eventually go home, and... The John and Rodney left behind have to deal with um, the ramifications of being exposed to um, their evil twins who have this really awesome relationship. And um, John and Rodney get injured off world and they go home. And John takes McKay home to Patrick Shepard. And at this point, he's not spoken to his real father in like 20 years. The other John's father used to. <laughs> To the portal to call and custom all out. So he has seen a version of Patrick Shepard who accepts his gay son. So he's thinking that he can go home, and you know, just he can go home. So he went. So so he goes home, and Patrick um, uh, is really pleased and excited to have him back. And um, but he has to deal with uh, with Rodney on Earth and the trust and. Um, Oh, yeah, there's that. And um, so I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But it's currently, like I said, uh, 34,000 words. <laughs> so I'm going to do something with it eventually because it's quite long already. <laughs> but, yeah, basically it's I'm just that um and John and Rodney get exposed to a John and Rodney who are absolutely in love with each other and have no interest whatsoever in hiding it. and my last work in progress for stargate that's really substantial would be called it, um is the gift
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um the gift is currently 15,000 words and it, basically what happens is is that john and rodney and there's part of this is on um evil author day already um john and rodney are on, the, are on another planet and the people there create a child from their DNA without their permission, for the sole purpose of sacrificing that child. And John oh. uh, kills the set awesome. of them. He, he kills a lot of them. And they go back to Atlantis. And Jennifer thinks that because she's engaged to be married to McKay, um, that she should get to have the baby as, you and, and be the baby's mother and they're going to go back to earth with the baby and John's like fuck you and fuck that that's not happening and um uh-huh. Rodney has to make a decision between Keller and John and their baby whom 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 I've named Matthias and so uh-huh. uh as, after John's grandfather anyways so that's that story and I'm I'm really interested in that one because John is so John admits to himself that he's super attached to this baby because it's half McKay's, and he's in love with McKay, and, and he's admitted this to himself, but he's never going. To, he's he's under the impression that he's never going to admit this to McKay because McKay wants Keller, and um, they're engaged to be married, and McKay's going to leave the program and go and go back to Earth, and that's just the way it's going to happen. And then suddenly he gets this gift, this this baby that that, that that's half Rodney, and he is absolutely not going to part with this kid. Yep. Even if McKay never speaks to him again, he is not going to allow his son to go back to Earth. Sure, and so he knows I can get that.
2: Raised by Keller,
1: he knows that the IOA will, will take his side because he's staying on Atlantis, and Rodney is leaving, and so Rodney has to choose between Keller and Earth, and John and Matthias. And so, and, and it's called the gift, and of course, it's going to have um, have a happy ever after, and um, um, and there will be some killer bashing because I can't help myself because you know I hate her, and we're down to three thousand uh-huh. words. We're down to three thousand. We're down to three minutes. <laughs> I'm still a little sick. Uh-huh. If, if if you guys didn't notice, I'm a little in and out. That that's my bad. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a little stuffy and I haven't been sleeping well, so I'm a little crazy. I hope I didn't say anything super crazy during this whole thing.
2: Nah, you didn't.
1: Nah, okay. Rough Trade starts um, November 1st. Let's see. uh, I have a birthday coming up. You do? So what you're saying, Starlight, is that I have... Actually, you know what? I even mentioned the unspeakable plot. Hold on. Unspeakable plot. That's a Harry and Hermione that, that has its own folder. That's why I didn't mention it. Hold on, because that that's going to change my word count significantly. Because um, the unspeakable plot is 186,000 words. <laughs> You're, you're plot. So, over three um, quarters of a million. And we haven't even to some of that. Un-post, An unposted fic. Um, and then I have... Oh, um, I have the War Mages uh, sequel. And the sequel is currently... Oh, um, Those Magic Changes, part two in um, the War Mages series, is currently 18,000 words. So, yeah, I'm pretty close... I'm close to a million words in work in progress. I probably am. I just haven't opened up all the other ones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, almost 850,000 words in works in progress. Um, yeah, uh-huh. so you see, that that's what happens when you let somebody who um, has been restricted by professional work for so long that they just kind of went boom all over a fandom. That's what happens. That's what happens. And I didn't even open up my Avengers folder, of which I have four works in progress there.
0: Shh.
1: Uh-huh. I bet yeah. I'm actually close to 900K, actually, totally. I I would say that across the board. Um, probably close to 2 million if I count my, my professional original works in progress.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we're down to 45 seconds. My birthday is October 31st. We will be having a radio show slash party. I expect callers on my birthday, so you guys be prepared and you know set aside time to call me and wish me a happy fucking birthday, okay? Happy fucking birthday! And hey, anybody
2: That's who wants right. to post up your reviews up on the various um, sites, I'd appreciate it. It definitely will help.
1: Yes, definitely give her reviews on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, give her stars um, on. Uh, what's it, on uh, the book thing. There's go. Kobo and there's...
2: Okay, bye-bye, all.
1: Bye.
2: Bye. Shut
0: up and sit down.
2: 500 vehicles to sell, 500 ways to save. One month
1: only at Bill Penny Mitsubishi during May Bill Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck
2: can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5, $5,000 payments. with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit
0: Mitsubishi.com To qualify buyers out approve credit, warranty valid through 10th year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.